Today we finish our Christmas series, The Songs of Christmas. You may not recognize, but the birth of Jesus has inspired more music than any other event in history. From Bach to Bieber, from the spiritual to the secular, there's all kinds of Christmas songs. In fact, we've been surveying on Facebook Landmark members to find out what are the five top Christmas songs at Landmark, and we have invited the Neil Sadaka of the Churches of Christ. Amazing. Brother Randy Allen to help us Would with this. So Randy, let me, let me give you the songs and you give us a little rendition of it. Number five on our survey was, Oh, Come All You Faithful. That one? That's it. Okay, let's go on to number four then. You are quick. Joy to the World. Joy to the World. My favorite. That's your favorite. That would have been my top. Did you take the survey? Awesome. And that brings us to number three, which was Silent Night. And continuing the night theme, number two was O Holy Night. beautiful. And then the number one Christmas song of the Landmark Church is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Seriously? No, I'm just playing. That's, but I thought Church of Christ people might fit. Alright, number one <laughs> is Mary Did You Know. That, that's a good one. Uh, you approve? I approve. Good. Today we're going to look at the very first song inspired by the birth of Jesus. Uh, for centuries it's been called by its Latin name, the Magnificat. It's about Mary magnifying Jesus. It's an amazing story when Mary is told that she's going to give birth to Jesus. It wasn't really good news to her. She's a teenage girl, maybe 15 years old, and uh, by the law she could be stoned. Certainly in a small town like Nazareth, she's going to be gossiped about. Joseph may reject her. But as the angel tells her that the baby is going to come from God, she submits to God and says, May it be, Lord, as you have said. In fact, that inspired a, a pretty famous song uh, by a famous group, the Beatles. You might not realize, but their song, Let It Be. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it be. So, so Mary is willing to submit herself uh, to the Lord. And then she goes to visit a relative of hers, Elizabeth, who's bearing John the Baptist, and uh, John the Baptist, you know, jumps up and down in her and recognizes the baby in Mary's womb. And uh, then Mary uh, sings this beautiful, beautiful song. Luke chapter 1, verse 45. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me the blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. 
but he has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham's descendants forever, just as he promised his ancestors. You know, that's a very, very powerful song. And I just want to tell you a few things about Mary's song. First of all, it's absolutely brilliant um, to, to think that she was just a teenage girl and that she could write this way is really amazing. There's all kinds of allusions in the song to Old Testament scripture. In fact, the foundation seems to be Psalm 35. There are some scholars, in fact, quite a few scholars, who believe that Mary had memorized the book of Psalms. You know, you didn't just have a Bible you could pick up and turn to something. And so you would have to go to the synagogue and look at something and memorize it to know scripture. And just that Mary could write this song just like this, in this place, would say she had an incredible, uh, brilliant mind and a great grasp of Scripture. Also, we need to say that Mary's song is dynamite. It, it, really, um, it really turned the world upside down. You see, the most important man in the world in Mary's day was Caesar Augustus. They called him names like Lord, Son of God. And when they spread the message of Rome, they actually called it gospel, good news. And so when Mary and the gospel writers begin to employ this, this is taking a direct shot at Rome. And as you look at this in the words, they're really revolutionary. That the humble would displace the, the proud, you know, that the rich would be blessed and not, that the poor would be blessed and not the rich. E. Stanley Jones was a, a famous missionary who wrote these words. He said, the Magnificat is the most revolutionary document in the world. In fact, um, the Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, warned his missionaries going to India to not read this passage because it might incite the masses. And even as recently as 1980, this song was banned in this country of Guatemala because it was dynamite. It, it changed everybody's perspective. And what I want you to know this Christmas is this song can be dynamite in your life. It turns everything upside down. Because here's another point. Mary's song is illuminating. It shines a light on the true path to God. We may think the path to God is to build up an impressive resume or our knowledge of Scripture or our ability to keep all the commandments or our ability to be so religious and do all the right things. Mary's song says, He's come for the humble, not the proud. He's come for those who seem to be rather insignificant and lowly like a teenage girl in the middle of Palestine. And it's those that he will lift up. And so it tells us that God will lift up the humble. And then one more thing about Mary's song. I think Mary's song molded Jesus. How often, I wonder, did Jesus sit in her lap as Mary would sing this song over and over again? It told an incredible story. You see, most of us, our lives are marked by the songs that we listen to. Some of the most important songs that we listen to are the songs that our, our mothers sing to us. You know, my mother used to sing this silly song. It had some good words, really. Skin em a rinky dinky dink, skin em a rinky do. You think you know that song, I man? Can I you do. help me out here and bring my childhood memories back? That was it. And here, here are the words that, that went with it. I love you in the morning. 
and in the afternoon. I love you in the evening and underneath the moon. I love you when I'm with you, and I love you when you're out of sight. Great song. That left a great impression on me of the security and love and warmth of a mother. I believe that happened with Jesus. We've asked some of the children and mothers here at Landmark to share some of the songs that uh, they've been sung to them in their childhood or that they've sung to their children. Listen to these. Well, I sang Amazing Grace, Farther Along. I don't know, I always know all the words. Um, Silent Night was a big one. And then a little song that I made up when they were little, Biddy, to get them to sleep. Um, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. My mom sings to me, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous day by day? Jesus loves you. Wink and blink and I nod one night, sailed off in a wooden shoe. Sailed on a river of crystal light into a sea of dew. You are my sunshine, twinkle, twinkle, little star. But you are my sunshine was her favorite. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. The, the Nigerian one is in my language. And it goes like um, a new waiting the, the song is really a new waiting the Jehovah, which is who is like Jehovah. But I would again put my children's names, so it would be like a new waiting the Salem, Amin Moyum, Amin Kwe, new waiting the Israel, Amin Moyum, Amin Kwe. Of course, Elias, a new waiting the Elias, Amin Moyum, Amin Kwe. And it's the song that says, "Who's as good as my child? I have looked everywhere and I can't find anybody." Um, let's see. I like to sing. There's just something about that name. And uh, mighty to save sometimes. But when my three boys were small, I sang, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves the little children, I'm in the Lord's army, blue skies and rainbows, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Currently, the 12 days of Christmas, (laughs) over and over and over again in our car, everywhere we go. I love you, a bushel and a pick. All right. And then we sing one to them about... Our dog being a hound, we don't care if he is a hound, you better quit kicking our dog around. And oh, I sang to him all the time. I sang, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves the little children, all kind of songs. Um, you are my sunshine, and uh, my mother used to sing, Keep on the Sunny Side. Um, when I was little, my mom used to sing, Beautiful Dreamer, to me every day to wake me up. But the thing about it was the words changed every day because she didn't know the words so you never knew what the words were going to be except for it started with beautiful dreamer all right hadley what song does mommy sing you when we go to bed at night um when the night is falling can you sing it when the night is falling and the day is done i can hear it calling Come, I will come while you sing over me. When the night will find my way, I can send over here you say, How I love you, child, I love you. How I love you, child, I love you. How I love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah,
It's, it's great to hear those songs that uh, our, our mothers sang to us. Uh, hopefully they, they mark our lives. I know my wife, Stephanie, would sing to our children every morning and at night, Jesus, let us come to know you. Let us see you face to face. And, and obviously the hope of that is that that song would mark your life as, as something that was important, the words that really counted. And I think about Mary's song, I think it must have marked Jesus' life. I don't think it was a one and done thing that she, she sang that and then she never sang it again. I can imagine Jesus as a child crawling up in Mary's lap and Mary singing the song. Or maybe even Jesus saying to her, Mommy, would you sing it again? I want to hear it again. Because as you look at the song, the song really begins to be Jesus' life. It marks who he is. You know, I can imagine um, Mary telling Jesus about the context of that song when the angel Gabriel came to her and told her that she was going to bear Emmanuel. And she's so confused and she says, how in the world can that be? I've never even been with a man. How can I be pregnant? And the angel said to her, nothing is impossible with God. You know, one day Jesus is out teaching and he's... um, trying to convince people that life can be different, that they can be different, and they doubt that they can really change. And Jesus goes back to that song, and Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. Where did he get that? I think it started back as a baby, listening to Mary's song. So I can just imagine Jesus saying in his heart, hey, Mom, I'm singing your song. You know, Mary would have sang to Jesus about how blessed she was, that she was so young and insignificant. And yet, as the song has said, God has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And all generations, Mary would sing, will call me blessed. What Mary says to Jesus in that song is, I was so small, so young, actually appearing to be so insignificant. But God picked me to be your mother. God picked me to bless all nations. I can imagine one day Jesus is out preaching and uh, he's up on this mount and he's preaching the most famous sermon that's ever been preached. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. And he begins that sermon with these words that reflect the sentiments of Mary's song. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus talks there about the great inversion, that the humble will become mighty and the mighty will become humble. And again, that's, that's back from his mom's song. Again, he's saying, hey, mom, I'm singing your song. Your song has become my song. Mary sung that song, that magnificent song to Jesus over and over, I believe. And uh, one line in the song is, is so cool, that mercy would be extended to those who fear God. That became part of who Jesus was. One day Jesus is standing in front of the temple and he's, he's teaching. In the middle of his teaching, he's interrupted by these Pharisees who, who want to trap him. And they throw this woman, she's naked. <clears throat> she's been caught in the very act of adultery. And they throw her right in front of Jesus. And they're wondering how Jesus will respond. They know that the law says that he should condemn her and she should be stoned. But, but again, Jesus is known at this point as the friend of sinners. What is he going to do? I think he's going to listen to his mother's song. 
after he stands up and he says to them, if you don't have any sins, then go ahead and cast the, the first stone. They all walk away and it's Jesus with this woman who's been caught in adultery, this, this sinful woman. And Jesus says to her, where are your accusers? And she peeks out from underneath her garment and says, I don't see any. And then Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. You go and live a life without sin. I think again, it's one of those moments where Jesus could say, hey, mom, I'm still singing your song. It's a song of mercy and a, a song of grace. Mary also saying to Jesus, God fills the hungry with good things. That God's going to fill our lives. One day, Jesus is again out teaching. He's teaching people who are just make it in life. They're, they're just sort of desperate. They're not living, they're existing. They're not full, they're, they're empty. And Jesus still singing that song. When Jesus says to them, I come to give you life, to give you life in the fullest. Hey, Mom, I'm singing your song. It's a song I heard on your lap. It's a song I tell to the masses. You know, Mary must have told Jesus the story of, of how Gabriel came to her over and over. And, and her submission, I mean, like we said a moment ago, she was, she was rather confused at how she was going to become pregnant she had to tell this crazy story to her friends that she was uh, with child from the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? And then she has to tell Jesus that she finally just raises her hand and says to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. And as Mary sings that song and Mary talks to Jesus, I can imagine she says to her, her young boy, there's going to come points in your life where God's going to ask you to do difficult things. God's going to ask you to do the hard things. And remember to surrender. Remember to submit. So one day Jesus finds himself in a garden. It's not a pretty scene. It's not the scene we expect to see God in. I mean, Jesus is laying flat on the ground. He's beaten the ground. He knows his father has asked him to do the difficult thing. He's asked him to go to the cross. He's asked him to bear the sins of all the world. The ugliness of every awful thing that we have ever done was going to be laid on him, the pain of separation from his father, the pain of the cross, and Jesus is begging his father that there be a different way. But again, he remembers his mom, and he remembers what she said. And Jesus utters those famous words so similar to his mom's words. Not my will, but your will be done. And again, Jesus is able to say, Mom, I'm singing your song. You see, that song truly is a magnificent song. It was dynamite. It was revolutionary. Been used in revolution since the beginning of time. And what I want to say to you today is that that song can be revolutionary in your life. Just as Mary's song became Jesus' song and reflected in his action and his words, Mary's song can become my song. It can become your song. Let's take that thought a little bit further. Uh, this morning as we reflect on Mary's song and, and the message of it and, and the dynamite, it's a powerful song. 
Today, you could take that song that was Mary's song that became Jesus' song, and it could become your song. You know, you may come here this morning, and even in this Christmas season, you're facing a situation that seems to be impossible. And you can hear through Mary that nothing is impossible for God. Or possibly you come here today and you feel insignificant, like nobody notices you. You're just another crowd at the mall, another person, faceless name at the mall. Nobody notices who you are. How could God even notice who you are? And you can remember that Mary said that God is mindful of his humble servant. Or maybe you feel you are so far away from God that you are unsavable. That when you think of all the things that you have done in your life, you think, how in the world could God be willing to forgive me? And yet Mary's song says that God is merciful. Or maybe today, in the midst of all the Christmas cheer, you don't feel it. You, you just feel empty. And you need to hear the words of Jesus that he could bring you abundant life to reflect the words of Mary's song that you could have the good things from God. Or maybe like Mary, you're facing a choice. Or like Jesus, you're facing a choice. You could go this way or you could go this way. God's called you to go this way. And yet it's not an easy journey. It's a journey that involves a cross. It involves sacrifice. It's not doing the things you always want to do. And and you're facing that choice. And I hope that you too can learn Mary's song and be willing to raise your hand and say to God, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. God, if you ask me to do it, the answer is yes. Now, what made Mary so insightful? Why does Mary seem to get it when so many people don't seem to really get it around her? What makes the difference in Mary and even the masses today who may enjoy Christmas but not really get the message? I'd like you to look in Luke chapter 2 just for a moment and see what happens later after the song. When Jesus, um, Jesus is born, Luke 2 verse 17 When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, you see the key word there is that little word, but. It's a contrast word. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The word treasured and pondered are technical terms that mean that Mary magnified the Lord. So here's the point I want you to get from the first Christmas, why Mary was so different. At the first Christmas, all were amazed, but Mary magnified. Guys, that's the difference. A lot of people were there and were amazed at the star and at the angels and at the chorus singing, but they didn't magnify Jesus. They were amazed, but they walked away and went about their life. The difference in Mary is that Mary was not simply amazed. She wasn't just intrigued. She wasn't just interested. She magnified. She made Jesus big in her life. And guys, that's the difference this Christmas. We can all come here today and and be amazed at this crazy story about a teenage girl who's so brilliant she can write a song like this, who's come upon by the Holy Spirit She's a virgin. She gives birth to a child, not any child, the son of God. And God enters humanity 
It's a crazy, wonderful, awesome story, and you could be, you've got to be, I've got to be amazed. But simply being amazed is not enough. You can be amazed and walk out of here. You can shake my hand and say, wow, that's cool. You can go, wasn't that guy good looking on the video? I mean, you can say lots of things, you know, but the question is not, are you just amazed? The question is, will you magnify God in your life? Will he become big in your life? You see, guys, we all magnify something or somebody. The alcoholic magnifies the bottle. The workaholic magnifies success. The hypochondriac magnifies health. You can magnify almost anything in your life. But the question this morning is, will you magnify Jesus? Will this Christmas be more than just amazed? Will you make him big? Will you make him so big that he is the Lord of your life? You see, if you're feeling insignificant or you face the impossible or you don't think you could have the mercy and grace of God, listen to me. If you'll make Jesus big enough, every problem in your life will become smaller. So what do we learn from Mary? What do we learn from her awesome song? Is that if you want to come to God, you've got to humble yourself and magnify Jesus. Humble yourself and magnify Jesus. So this morning, maybe today the day, right here at Christmas, it's time for you to humble yourself and magnify Jesus. It's time for you to finally give up on trying to fix your own life, trying to achieve your own salvation, trying to work for who you want to be and go, you know what, I can't do it on my own. i got to have him. I've blown it big time. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to magnify Jesus. And maybe this morning you come to this assembly in the midst of all the Christmas cheer. You aren't feeling it. You are empty. Maybe today's the day you need to come before this church and just humble yourself and tell us what's going on. And let's just magnify Jesus, and he'll be bigger than any problem in your life. And you can truly celebrate Christmas, just like Mary did. So let's stand together and sing. If you need to come, why don't you come right now? Come, thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace.